Hello, everyone. Welcome to this new episode of The Realistic Optimist. Today, I have the honor of being rejoined by Lloyd Cambridge. Uh, we had a little uh, miss uh, last time, but this time it'll work. Uh, so Lloyd is the founder of the Progress Playbook, which is an organization that helps entrepreneurs and non-entrepreneurs uh, kind of create a roadmap of entrepreneurial skills to improve their businesses and their personal uh, well-being, uh, but I'll let him explain more in detail. Uh, so Lloyd, uh, tell me a bit about yourself, your background, and then what inspired you to start the Progress Playbook? Yeah, one, thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, uh, I think what you're doing is really amazing. Um, again, my name is Lloyd Cambridge. Hello, everybody. Uh, the name of my company is called Progress Playbook. Um, so I was born and raised in Brownsville, Brooklyn. Um, and while growing up in Brooklyn, I always wanted to start a business, but I felt like I lacked the skills, competence, resources, and networks and things like that uh, to be able to start something. So, uh, you know, I always had this dream in me and it never died. I, you know, I went to college, I went to NYU, studied economics, uh, worked for JP Morgan Chase for a little bit and still wanting to start a business even while there. And then left that job and worked for um, the New York City Department of Small Business Services, which is a government agency and wanted to start a business there until finally two of my friends kicked me in the butt and said, you keep talking about it and not doing it. Uh, so I finally decided to quit my job uh, and launch my business almost six years ago. And um, I wanted to like really leverage my skill sets around um, you know, business education uh, you know, technical assistance. I saw that there was a gap in the marketplace in terms of uh, there was a lot of cookie cutter business instruction, right? So things were not customized based off of like industry or demographic or business stage. Uh, so Progress Playbook, one of the things that we do is we design, um, uh, manage and deliver uh, customized business education programs for organizations. Okay, awesome. So you talk about how you know entrepreneurship is not going to work the same, uh, dependent on where you're from, uh, what your situation is. So can you give me an, a, a clear example of you know how uh, an entrepreneur in Silicon Valley might go about something, and how that's completely different from an entrepreneur uh, in New York City in, in, in a low-income neighborhood? Like what you know, obviously there's huge differences, but what are like a couple things you just pinpoint, and that are just completely different? I mean. So when you think about business, like there's so many variables that you have to consider, um, you know, before you can, you know, start, operate and expand your business. Um, and those variables, things like, you know, mindset is one, right? Um, access to resources, access to networks, all those things that I mentioned earlier on about when I was a young boy growing up in Brooklyn. Uh, so access to, to the right mindset, to the right resources, to networks. Um, access to information, right? Access to the right skills. All of those things matter. And depending on who you are, where you're from, um, your level of access may be a little bit different um, depending on where you're from, right? So the entry point in terms of how you approach someone, some, someone with a lack of access versus somebody with a ton of access <laughs> may be a little bit different um, in terms of the approach. And, and also, you can also think about industry, right? So the industry also matters, like how you start and build a manufacturing company is very different from how you start and build, let's say a food 
retail business. Um, so, you know, really, you know, what we focus on is customizing uh, our business education programs based off of all of those different variables that I just mentioned. Okay, so I want to go back to the very beginning of the progress playbook, because obviously, every project starts out scrappy, and no one really knows what they're doing. So like, what were the first, you know, you quit your job, and then you're like, okay, what are the first steps? How do you onboard your first clients? What was your know vision behind all of it yeah so when i first started i wanted to my initial concept was to design these kind of online classes you know by industry so like if you want to build a restaurant this is how you do it if you want to build a bar this is how you do it um, <laughs> that was my initial concept um you know one of the, the the great things that i did prior to quitting was that i built a healthy network i would go out and i would do a lot of speaking gigs i would uh just you know, network with people. So I built a healthy network and literally like two weeks after I decided to quit my job, somebody from my network reached out to me and said that there was this organization called the Actors Fund that was looking for a consultant to help them to design um, an entrepreneurship program for uh, performing artists. So people on Broadway, like actors, singers, dancers, makeup artists, et cetera. Uh, really to be able to help them to supplement or subsidize well supplement their income out you know uh, while they're uh, going from gig to gig um, so I applied to that consultant position and I wind up getting that position um, and again that was a referral through a network through somebody within my network um, and I supported the actors fund which is a national organization and being able to design uh, a program to teach artists how to build businesses around their art or to start sideline businesses. So I didn't know that organizations <laughs> needed support um, with designing, uh, delivering and managing these types of programs. So I quickly pivoted my business model from these, you know, industry specific online courses to working with organizations um, and helping them to uh, to build out these types of programs. Okay, so obviously, so as you said, you do consulting for organizations. And what I was really interested in when I saw your website uh, were all the different programs that you run, um, that are, which are very diverse. And I wanted to kind of go through a couple of them. Uh, there's, you know, a, a good amount of them are tailored towards like small businesses, very small businesses. Mm -hmm. um, what, how do you help them? And, you know, in, intuitively, I would think that a small business is more uh, innovative than anyone else because they know their way around. So, you know, what what are the small businesses lacking in, in experience or, or knowledge that you bring to them? Yeah, so each project is a little different. <laughs> so like, for example, right now we're working on a project with an organization that, house, that they have a, uh, a market of about 50 vendors who sell um, their products and services in a community and they're all Caribbean based business owners and it's a Caribbean based or Caribbean inspired uh, market. So they, they're selling everything from, you know, beef patties to jerk chicken to, <laughs> you know, things that you would find in the islands, uh, but they tend to be a lot older. We're talking about like, you know, probably like 50 is the average age and up. Um, so like there, for example, you know, how you would approach building a program to support 
that demographic is very different from your approach to, let's say, someone that's 18, if it was a youth entrepreneurship program, for example. So we kind of go in and really be able to, you know, uh, understand the demographic and understand like, what are their challenges? What are their problems? What are their pitfalls? Um, and then from there, we're able to design something through research and interviews and all those things um, in our kind of uh, program design process uh, that would meet their needs. So, you know, an example for this current program that we're working on uh, with these 50 Caribbean based business owners, you know, one thing that they can't do, and I was really surprised, like their digital literacy is really low. So something simple as downloading an app, like a POS app on their phone was you know, kind of a, a roadblock, a challenge for them or understanding, you know, why they need it or, you know, their, their um, concerns around uh, safety and security or when it comes to apps and, you know, not wanting their information to get stolen and things. And those are some valid concerns, but those are kind of roadblocks for that demographic that that's preventing them from being able to scale their businesses. When you think about, um, having multiple payment options <laughs> um, for various demographics that might be coming into the market uh, and wanting to buy things from them. And so typically, like, I mean, obviously the progress playbook is, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a for-profit, right? So we have a for-profit and a non-profit. Oh, <laughs> we have yeah. Cause I was going to ask, like when you go on these programs with 50 very small vendors, uh, you know, are you, are you subsidized by a big organization? Do you do it for free or like, how, how does that work? Yeah. So the organizations themselves, uh, they hire us to design and, you know, deliver and manage the programs. Um, they get their funding from various sources, right? It can be philanthropy. It can be through, uh, you know, federal state city dollars, uh, through the government, um, it could be even we've worked with corporations as well. So like Martha Stewart or um, her American Made program or Microsoft, for example. So the funding sources are very different depending on who the client is. I see. Okay. And so, you know, who's, who's in the, is it just you today or do you have a team of, of people? Do you kind of outsource uh, work when you go on big projects? Like what does your team look like? Yeah, so um, right now it's three of us. Um, and then we hire a ton of contractors that write graphic design, uh, research, facilitate. We have facilitators because obviously I can't facilitate everything, uh, but I do love facilitation and teaching. And that's, a, you know, uh, I try to get out there as much as I can. Um, but yeah, it's three of us. So it's myself. Uh, you know, I focus more on like sales, relationship building strategy, vision. Um, and then we have uh, someone that, you know, really spearheads like a project manager uh, who spearheads like the curriculum development, program development, and then somebody that supports us on the admin kind of operation side of things. Okay. And so you touched very briefly upon youth entrepreneurship uh, mm -hmm. and on your website, it's a recurring theme, you know, entrepreneurship as a force for good, uh, as a force for, for societal improvement. What are some aspects of entrepreneurship that you think can help uh, young people who obviously don't have access to uh, the infrastructures or the opportunities that, that others do? Yeah, I mean, so entrepreneurship to me is the, it's the greatest tool that we have uh, to be able to solve 
society's problems, right? Um, I think about entrepreneurship as being like the, it's all about transformation. It's about how am I, I'm gonna start something that's gonna make somebody's life better, right? So I'm transforming a person's life, a neighborhood, a city, uh, a community, some type of audience, right? By adding value to them and solving their problems. Um, and, you know, pro so it's, you know, we can boil it down to problem solving. And that's something that I think that we all do every single day. We solve our personal problems that we saw, uh, but, you know, like thinking outside of ourselves um, and figuring out how we can add value to others by solving their problems and then having that value exchange because we receive value when we add value to others. Um, so we wanted to really highlight that um, for young people. So one of our programs is called Start an Empire. It's a youth entrepreneurship program. And this program, we work with young people. And what we do is we essentially, um, it's more of a practical approach to entrepreneurship. So they're just not like hearing people talk about it, <laughs> you know, lecturing them. So they actually start a business during this program. Uh, it's a social entrepreneurship program. So what they do is they identify a problem that exist in their neighborhood, right? It can be gun violence, it can be uh, food insecurity, it can be, um, you, know, fi you know, financial literacy, um, it can be mental health issues. So they, so they collectively as a cohort identify a problem that they wanna solve in their neighborhood. Um, and then they figure out solutions for it and they built a business around that solution, essentially around that problem and solution. Um, so they create a pitch deck. We walk them through, you know, problem, solution, customer, industry, business models, and all those things, marketing, pricing. Um, and they, in addition to creating this business plan or this pitch deck, they also design a product. So it can be, you know, we try to start simple. So it could be like a t-shirt. It could be like mer merchandise of some sort. Um, and they launch a one-day pop-up shop in their community to not only sell obviously their merchandise, but to also create um, activation. So like these unique experiences that highlight why this issue is important and what they're doing about it to solve it essentially. Um, so whatever, you know, all of the monies or proceeds that they uh, make from selling their product and kind of amplifying their message around this problem, the young people um, keep those dollars and they can either reinvest it into a business that they want to start or they can take it and do whatever they want to do with it right but the goal really is to uh, give them a safe space to be able to practice the entrepreneurship experience right uh, versus just going like so before I just you know so before they go out and start their own thing is there a space to practice it um, before they do their own thing, so they can know like what's required at least to like get something off the ground. Okay, and so what are you know, obviously that project and the first project you did completely different in nature. Uh, so you know how, what are the main differences in your opinion uh, between a social impact startup and an entrepreneurship uh, and a quote unquote normal startup? I mean, obviously the social impact one has a social impact attached to it. But in practical terms, like how does your training deviate depending on whether it's a social impact or if it's just a, a, a normal for-profit venture? Yeah, how does it differ? I mean, 
So this is a question like I I think in my head, uh, all entrepreneurship is, is social in my in my head, because it's all to me, it's about adding value. It's about making people's lives better. I don't think that all businesses necessarily do that, you, you know, have that framework. But like, that's really what it's all about, right? It's about it, there's, there's always a social benefit when you start a business because I'm making your life better in some way, right? And that's what it's all about. Um, so I think that's my framings. I don't care if you're selling bottles of water or if you're or if you have you know, some kind of innovative solution to uh, cure uh, a pandemic. <laughs> right? It's it's to me it's all the, it's it's still adding value and making people's lives better. So I, I think about it in that context, if that makes sense. I think that we have kind of created these verticals of like social entrepreneurship, but to me, all entrepreneurship is social as long as it's making somebody's life better. I mean, you have some businesses that don't make people's lives better, obviously, but <laughs> I'm not talking about those. <laughs> yeah, no, it makes sense. I mean, you know, I think, I think every business probably starts social in nature because of, as you said, I mean, that's the beauty of like markets is like if, if you're not solving anyone's problems you're you're not it's not going to work right uh, i think maybe the abuse comes when they know they have such you know a monopoly over that problem that they can kind of do whatever they want with it uh mm-hmm. but we're not here to talk about that that's <laughs> not us talking about, about that um how so how long have you been working on the progress playbook and you know if you take the first day of you working on it what I mean, what were you envisioning like down the line? How different is it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's been, it'll be six years in this July. So it's five years and some change right now. Um, I thought that I would be on the beach somewhere right now, you know, on my laptop, uh, just creating courses and relax, relaxing, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, a multimillionaire by now, right? So this, this kind of goes back to, you know, everybody's journey is different because, um, you know, we interview a lot of entrepreneurs as well. And, you know, you'll have one entrepreneur, they make it in a year or another entrepreneur takes them 10 years. And it depends on like what making it is. But, um, you know, everybody's journey is a little bit different, but it's really about just trusting the process and staying true and committed to the mission, vision and values of your organization. I don't care how long it takes. It's a perseverance and perseverance game here. Um, But initially, like I said, I wanted to do these online courses. um, And we're actually starting to do online courses uh, now, uh, primarily because of the pandemic. So that initial kind of vision is like, it took almost six years (laughs) for it to happen because most of our stuff is like in person. It's an in-person experience. Um, But yeah, it's, I had no idea, you know, six years ago that I would be working with like, you know, 40 different organizations from Citibank to JP Morgan Chase to Martha Stewart and the list goes on and on in terms of helping them to design like cool and innovative and different programs that can meet specific needs for specific people in specific places. Um, had no idea. So it looks very different from my initial vision um, but I still think that it's it still has the tenets of of what I initially had in mind, which was really customizing programs for the 
for people. Okay. Well, at least it's looking good. <laughs> That's what counts. Um, okay. Now this, I mean, this question, uh, I think it's the most important one, but like, so what has been the biggest challenge that you've had to face and what has been your biggest mistake in the sense that there's really a point of like, wow, I really should not have done that or I should have done that differently. That would have changed, you know, uh, the course of the company. Yeah, and also on the flip side, what was the best decision you've taken? Yeah, that's an interesting question. It's a hard question. I think that there's so many challenges and so many mistakes, uh, <laughs> so many things that I wish I would have done differently at the, you know, six years ago. Um, one of the things that I wish I would have done differently at the beginning was sorry, uh, was, was to really like build an operations, like to really focus on capacity building. Cause like I spent so many years about the first four years, five, <laughs> four feels like five years, um, uh, like really doing everything by myself and like the sacrifice that had to be made in terms of time, energy and money to, to make, you know, to, to do the work. Um, I think that a lot of, you know, with these different stages in business, you know, that first initial stage, you're trying to figure out what works. And then once you figure out what works, you want to figure out how to scale it. Right. Um, but I wish that I would have started kind of like the capacity building, having a capacity building mindset earlier on, meaning outlining like the systems and documenting the systems and the resources and the activities that are needed to get things accomplished. So it's easier to bring people on, if that makes sense. <laughs> I don't know if that's my biggest uh, failure per se, but it's something that I wish that I, I would have done um, earlier on is like really document the process, right? Cause you can have a great idea or great things, but if you don't have the systems or the capacity to, to manage it well and, um, and uh, uh, and a capacity to be able to scale into something bigger than, you know, you're just kind of spinning in place on a like this hamster wheel. Um, so that's something that I wish I would have done a little bit earlier. Um, what else? So many mistakes, <laughs> but uh, I think this just quitting my job was like the best decision. Like I was just mulling over wanting to start a business for so many years and just like now seeing the impact that we have on people's lives um, is really, it makes me really happy. You know, so I'm happy that I just took that step and just made this happen. Okay. And so right now, I mean, from the website, it seems like you're, you're very New York based, obviously, uh, but mm -hmm. have you consulted for clients outside of New York or maybe in, in other countries or do you plan to? Yeah. So that's a part of the vision. So a part of our vision is to, ensure that anyone from anywhere um, can, you know, have the support that they need to um, start a business and essentially make their lives and their communities better, right? Um, and that's gonna require technology, obviously, uh, to be able to do that. Um, so that is the vision. I'm trying to remember your question now. I'm like, wait, what, was, what am I talking about? <laughs> oh, it's just like, if, you, if you're working 
with other cities or other oh cities got it yeah yes um yeah so new york city i was trying to take like that facebook approach where you know they started college and you know harvard and the colleges and then expanded kind of you know nationally and then worldwide so that was my thinking that's my thinking right now is really to kind of dominate you know this one market here in new york um, and then to expand to various cities and then, you know, nationally, globally, things like that. Um, but we have, you know, I think like 95% of our work is in New York, but we have done things outside of New York, like uh, Los Angeles, for example. Um, I don't think where else we've done work outside of New York City and Los Angeles. I mean, we've, we've supported entrepreneurs that have come to New York who are like from internet, you know, from other countries who wanted to see how to do business from the New York perspective, essentially, or kind of like look into the ecosystem of New York. We've supported entrepreneurs and business owners uh, from abroad, but 95% of our clients are, are, and programs are New York City centric for right now. For right now. <laughs> it'll, it'll grow soon. I, uh, I have faith. Uh, I see also on the website you have, I mean, you have obviously the programs we talked about, but you also have like this individualized kind of approach where it looks like, you know, if I'm your, your client, you really guide me through the entire process. Um, yeah. So, you know, can you tell me a bit more about that? And also who reaches out? Like what's the demographic that is like, okay, I, I need someone to guide me from step A to step B uh, on my entrepreneurial journey. Yeah. So we, we, we have like three services. So we do like program and curriculum design. Um, which I spoke a lot about. Um, and then we do like uh, ecosystem analysis work. So we'll have an organization that wants to better understand how to better support entrepreneurs in a specific place. Um, so we'll do, you know, all of the research and analysis to help the organization better identify and the challenges and to help them to make recommendations. We'll make recommendations to them uh, to address the gaps in the ecosystem. And then the third thing um, is technical assistance for small business owners, right? So we're not, we don't really work with like technology startups per se, like the traditional startup that we hear a lot about, uh, but we really care about um, pl a place. We think that uh, hyper-localism is really important and creating a sense of place um, and business obviously um, is really important when you think about place and entrepreneurship and empowering people to be able to do that. So the technical assistance service, to answer your question, uh, <laughs> really just, um, you know, everything from like brand development to financial management to uh, business planning um, to, you know, website creation and things like that. Um, so when, we, when we're doing our workshops and we're doing our programs, you know, a lot of the business owners need additional support or help so they can access those services that, that we have, um, that those technical assistance um, services that we have, because the programs, you know, they last, you know, maybe three months, uh, but obviously you're gonna need more support after that. Okay. And so, you know, after six years, probably working with oh, like hundreds of entrepreneurs. Thousands. Thousands, okay. Yes. Thousands. <laughs> you, so that makes my point even harder. <laughs> What's the secret sauce to an entrepreneurial venture working? What are components of it? Like, what are the ingredients to the secret sauce? 
the ingredients to the secret sauce. Hmm. I think, you know, a lot of the things that we, that we hear, that we know, I think one um, is, you know, I think when I think about like business education programs, I think a lot of organizations miss out like on the whole mindset piece. So we try to incorporate like emotional intelligence because, you know, as you know, this journey is crazy. Uh, <laughs> and being able to manage your thoughts and your emotions through the process is super important. Like you can't grow in business beyond your kind of like level of self, like your, your, um, how you see yourself, right? <laughs> um, so how you see yourself is really important. And there's so many different things that, and this, and this kind of also goes back to the customized education piece, right? So how you know, let's say a black entrepreneur or African-American entrepreneur um, versus a Asian entrepreneur, like how they see themselves, like their worldview or their self-identity may look and feel and be very different based off of societal, you know, problems, challenges, gaps, et cetera. Um, so it's really important to like even address like those mental and emotional pain points in a program that can be very specific depending on who you're talking to. Um, so I would say that <laughs> is one. <laughs> um, obviously having a product that you are, or you know, uh, a problem that you're passionate about that you really wanna solve because the journey is super hard. So you really have to be passionate about the journey. I think two um, or three, you know, be, uh, being a continuous learner and that entails being a great listener being a great observer um and you know just continuously building up your expertise uh for obviously having product market fit so having a product that matches exactly what the market wants and need, it needs to be unique um and i think the fifth thing that i'm going to say and there are other things obviously is really about I'm going to say two more things. One is capacity, like the capacity building piece, like I was saying before. Um, so having access to relationships, I'm going to say relationships over money, actually. I think a lot of us focus in on, like, I don't have enough money to, you know, those, you know, it's really about being resourceful and having access to relationships. So you get from level to level in business through who you know, largely. It's who you know, right? Or who knows you? <laughs> so you get from level to level in business through relationships or in life generally. Um, so really, I think those that, you know, are great technicians in terms of, or have great expertise, those that can manage their emotions um, and their mindset. I think those that have great product market fit um, and those that can build, you know, relationships and build capacity in their businesses once they reach product market fit are the ones that really win in business. It's, it's really interesting to me that you put mindset first, because as you said, you know, that's not, that's definitely not the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, and it's also, you know, as you said, like the people with who you work, have a very different mindset than, than, you know, as you said, the typical Silicon Valley uh, entrepreneur. And so my question was, you know, what, how, how do, how is their mindset different? Um, what is it due to? And then how do you come in and operate a mindset switch? Because I mean, that, that must be very hard to do 
Uh, and you probably, it's probably a lot of, first of all, very personalized. And second, a lot of trial and error. Uh, so, you know, what, what have you discovered is the best way to switch uh, the mindset of someone who wouldn't be inclined to, to be an entrepreneur? Yeah, I'm thinking about this one example in my head. Like this is one girl that I know. She's a woman. She's also black. Um, and she was afraid to like put her face on her website because she didn't want to be judged or to be, um, you know, for people to, to not reach out to her because of being, a, you know, being a black woman, essentially. Right. But other, you know, other people or demographics that may not be a concern. For, for them, <laughs> right? Um, uh, so uh, how do you deal with someone that that's acting out in a way because of uh, what I call like a limiting belief? A part of that is limiting, right? Because it may be some truth to that as well, to, 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 her, to, to her point in terms of why she did that. Uh, but what we try to do is we try to outline just like the, the attributes of a healthy entrepreneurial mindset. <laughs> Um, and it's really just about practicing those attributes, right? It's really about the practice more so than anything else. So it's about how do I build the habit of thinking this way? Um, so we try to be very experiential kind of in, um, in various activities that we do to kind of like not only have them to understand it mentally, um, you know, uh, to, to have the, the knowledge and the understanding, but how do you feel it like in your body, right? Like, how do you feel it and say, all right, well, this is something that I need to start practicing in terms of thought. So we try to make our programs when we talk about mindset more experiential than just delivering content. So an example of that is we have like one activity that we do where we have like one person in the middle who has like a goal say, hey, I want to make, you know, $10,000 in my business in the next, you know, you know, in the next month or something. And then you have like two other people on the side of that person, like, a, let's say it's uh, like the angel and the demon, right? You got one person that's telling you in your ear, you can't do it. Like, who do you think you are? Blah, 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 blah. And another person on the side saying, you could do it. It's like a coach, like kind of cheering you on. And then like, you have to decide, like, as you're in the middle, as the entrepreneur, like which voice you're going to listen to. And then what are you going to say to yourself as both of those voices are, you know, kind of glaring in your ear, essentially, right? And we all experience that doubt and fear, love and hate. But um, ultimately, we have a choice. Um, but we try to create like those unique experiential activities to, to, to highlight. And it, it's a little bit more memorable um, once you feel it versus me just telling you hey, you need to uh, think positive. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, so it's, maybe, it's way more, um, you know, you take into account what's actually happening inside the person's head instead of saying, as you said, like, yeah, just be positive, grind mm -hmm. or whatever. Uh, it's mm -hmm. a very, I mean, I think it's a very comprehensive approach. You know, it's not, you're not faking anything. Uh, you're not sugarcoating anything either. Um, so yeah, that's, that's really cool. Uh, last question. Uh, where do you see yourself and the progress playbook in five years? Because we, we went over how your initial, uh, your initial plan didn't go as, as planned, maybe for the best. I mean, honestly, I don't know about you, but you know, you're, you're, as you said, helping thousands of entrepreneurs and it's probably better than selling, you know, keychains online from a beach. Uh, so, uh, 
<laughs> so yeah, what, what's the plan? I don't know, man. I want to be in Costa Rica on the beach. You want right to, now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's nice. <laughs> you know, yeah. There's 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 good in both. I'll tell you that. Um, the next five years, you know, I definitely want to expand what we're doing to ten cities, at least ten cities. Like that's our goal. Is you know really, and our focus is a lot on uh, kind of underserved communities. Uh, for people that think that they can't be an entrepreneur or they don't have the resources, connections and things like that. So 10 cities, you know, we think about like Atlanta and Chicago, Detroit, places like that, uh, where we can really expand it. And, um, you know, let's continue to really, like really build out these experiential programs and to create these. So each city that we go into, the goal is to create kind of a, a hub or a one-stop shop or like how to do business in your city. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, it's more to that, but like, how do you do business in your city, right? Cause it's also nuanced based off of, you know, where, where, where you're from or, or where you're located. Okay, awesome. Well, I wish you all the best. Uh, thank you so much for being on here. I'm so happy the internet didn't crash. Uh, anyway. <laughs> um, I'll post a link for anyone listening up. I'll, I'll post a link to the progress playbook in the, in the in the description uh and lloyd is there anything else you want to say before uh, before we we depart oh uh, no thank you for having me on and you know best of luck to you as well with all your endeavors and thank you <laughs> thank you lloyd thank you have a great night all right you too Take see care. you now.